boys, when you're watching TV, maybe watching a movie, or maybe, you know, when you go to the movies, which is something we don't do anymore, and you see, do you guys ever see, like, an actor or an actress that just immediately make you say, nope, not watching? Like, that you absolutely just despise? That you're just like, anytime someone sends you a link of this person, you're just like, I I don't get it. That's not my person. Yeah. You guys ever do that? Well, that just happened about two hours ago in the group (laughs) chat for the brunch breakdown when Dan sent a Paul Rudd video. There is no one that makes me say nope and click off it faster than Paul Rudd. I hate that guy. I 1000% hate (laughs) everything that Paul Rudd does. Him and Tom Cruise. Those are my two people. But you guys have those people who you're like, as soon as you see them on the screen or you see their name, I mean, it can be an athlete on TV, whatever. But like you guys see someone, you're just like, out of here. Get me out. Like you kind of want to run out of the room when you see them. That's so funny because like I was going to respond to Dan's text and say like, I love everything Paul Rudd does. (laughs) (laughs) He's a legend. I know. Everything he does, his career, he keeps getting better. Somehow he's getting better looking. He's getting better at acting. He's getting more serious roles. Like, how is this happening to this guy? Um, wow. No go on Paul Rudd. Yeah, mine is maybe more surprising or as surprising. It's uh, it's Meryl Streep. Can't do mm. it. Can't do it. <laughs> I take that line from Seinfeld in an episode where he says, oh, that Meryl Streep, she's such a phony baloney. That's that's what I feel. Like the the fake shock at the award shows that when she wins, it's like, get the hell out of here. I don't know. I just can't connect with her on screen. I mean, I can respect what she's done and some of her early work I actually kind of enjoy. But Meryl Streep, no, sorry. that's Those are pictures I can't do. <laughs> I know. Like, one of the greatest Streep. actresses ever. And I'm like, no, nope, no, thanks. I know. Well, give me the give me the next Sandler movie. That'll be Normal, good. Normally the joke about Meryl Streep is like, well, she's going to get another award this year because mm-hmm. everything she does is perfect she's um, like tom brady i don't i don't need it i'm done with it <laughs> go move down to tampa you know do some com- you, know, you know commercials or something like that let's change it up wait did you just ask meryl streep to move to tampa yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> that's that i could there's no other way i'd want to start this episode than that that's <laughs> fantastic i probably have a person but nobody really comes to mind immediately, but I'm sure like, I know I've sat, uh, you know, around watching TV and like some trailer will come on as a commercial. And I'd be like, yeah, screw that guy or screw that chick. I don't want, no, nah, I'm not going to watch that. So, but I, like none of them really come to mind. All I can just think of is like, I think everything Paul Rudd does for the most part is funny. Like his, I guess his like his comedic stuff. I find very funny. Like I haven't watched, I know he's, um, he was in the, a superhero movie, right? He's Ant-Man. I never mm-hmm. saw that, so I can't really, like, review that. Um, but, like, even, even like, the, the little stupid internet stuff he does, like that, uh, that clip from the Hot Wings thing, you know, where he's like, who'd have thought we'd be here? Not me. And he's like, I'm doing a, a thing of hot sauce. It's like a meme now on the internet. Like, I find almost all of his comments to be really, really funny, so... And, you know, hey, people disagree over brunch. It happens. No, it's true. And I thought this would be a solid conversation. Because I feel like we all have that one person that we're just like, I I see him. It used to be Jennifer Aniston for me. I just never got it. I never got the mm. Jennifer Aniston thing. My, but, my, 
My wife, you just said Jennifer, and my wife just texted me about a Jennifer. Uh, she texted me from the other room. Jennifer Garner is in like way too many commercials, <laughs> and yeah. she's heard me get pissed off about that that chick when she pops up on TV. So there's there's one. For Put me. Samuel Jackson back in those commercials for Capital One because yeah, yeah, it's drawn her stock down because I enjoy her as as an actress, but I don't need her to ask me what's in my wallet. With some, you know, a little bit of a tood. Didi, why Jennifer Aniston? It used to be Jennifer Aniston because I just, she would just be everywhere. And I just didn't understand why people thought she was great at anything. Like, I never thought that she was like the, I never thought she was like the hottest woman. Not that she's not a beautiful woman. Of course, Jennifer Aniston is beautiful. We all know this. But I never thought she was like the top. She was never the top of my list. So I never got it. Like, anytime I watched one of her movies, I'd be like, I, I. I don't get it. Like anybody could have done this, but you know, now I've kind of, you know, I've, I've turned around. I watched morning show and I realized like, Oh, she's really good. She's good. She can be good at this stuff. So I take her off the list. I don't hate her as much. Yeah. There's a lot of those polarizing type of figures, right? Like I think Will Ferrell's a big polarizing figure, figure for people. They either love his work or they absolutely can't stand anything that he does. Uh, I think it happens more so, I guess in the, in the comedy sense, because a lot of those, actors and actresses kind of aren't necessarily typecast but you know there's some similarities from movie to movie uh that they're in so yeah you're right there's always everybody has that one person that they can't stand that they turn everything away from no matter what and it could have just been one movie one tv show no matter what it was but they will never watch anything of theirs ever again that's a good point with comedy dan because like like drama is drama right it's a dramatic movie or tv show but like I feel like everybody kind of has different tastes in terms of like what makes them laugh like or like what yeah. type of humor they gravitate to. So that's a good point. Yeah. Well, guys, I'm happy we did this. And I just would like to point out that you guys both said that you don't like Jennifer Garner. And do you know where Jennifer Garner is from? Uh-oh. She feels like she's from Ohio, though. Is she from West Virginia? You're damn right. She's from West Virginia. Waving the flag. Her and Randy Moss. Let's go. All right. Welcome to the Brunch Breakdown. It's Didi out here in California. Chris and Dan are in Pittsburgh. And we have a lot to talk about today. This was a, this a heck of a week after we uh, recorded the, uh, the, the Brunch Breakdown. And one of the things that happened was the debate. And we are going to talk about how there is a debate commission. And we are going to turn into that. So we're going to tell you how to change debates. And I'm really excited about that one. Uh, we're going to talk about Joey Chestnut. Um, eating 12 pounds of food, which is something that Joey Chestnut does all the time. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, and COVID made a huge comeback. So if you thought COVID was gone, oh boy, is it back in our president and in our football and in like a lot of people's lives who all think that it's a hoax. So we'll talk about that here in a little bit. And we'll talk about what we are listening to. But guys, of course, let's get started. Get it off your chest. One of you guys get it going. Well, I'll just start because I had something in mind and then in like two seconds, Dan's like the spark plug for this week's episode and he didn't even know it. Like right before we we started recording, he told me something or he clarified something for me that just like boggles my mind. And um, in the state of Pennsylvania, they just announced today that they are relaxing restrictions for outdoor events and so sporting events, football games, uh, in terms of teams being allowed to have attendance. And uh, what they announced was um, the capacity for 
outdoor sporting events would be 7,500 people. So, you know, as, as Steelers fans and as Pitt Panther football fans, it's of interest to us and a lot of people in our area, because I know some people want to go to games. Um, and that's not that many. So a lot of people are wondering like, okay, of that 7,500, like for the Steelers, if you didn't opt out, you can get tickets still. Maybe if you fit in a priority list and like for Pitt, it's probably going to be like, well, after the player's parents and after the band and after the students that want to go, whoever's left, if you're on a high enough donor ranking or priority points, you may get an opportunity to do it. And what Dan said was that of the 7,500, correct me if I'm wrong here, Dan, that the players and coaches are part of the 7,500 people? Players, coaches, stadium staff, etc., are included in that number. So uh, this just makes me so angry because like all along, like I've, we're all just trying to figure out like, what can you do? What can't you do? What's safe? What's not safe? And like, I, it just makes me so mad that they say like, Hey, we're going to let you do this thing that everybody in your city really loves. But then there's like all these shades of gray that nobody actually realizes. Like why, (laughs) why? Would me and Mike Tomlin be considered the same person as a when it's when you're talking about going to a Steelers game? That's ridiculous. That makes no sense to me at all. Like, so the Steelers and the Eagles are going to be playing each other. And what you're telling me is all of the players, coaches, and Steelers and Eagles personnel who are being tested every day and 100% know whether they have COVID or not are. I'm on the same level as them. Like that's just absolutely bizarre and ridiculous. And I hate all this stuff and I hate politicians and how they never just say what's really happening. Um, And that's what I wanted to get off my chest. I, I thought I knew what was going on. And within two minutes, I realized that everything I thought I knew and was excited about is not actually the case. You and everybody else, Chris, everybody was reporting all day. Hey, Steelers are going to be open back, back open. There are fans at Heinz Field this Sunday, 7,500. That's the number. And then we find out that statement came out from the organization uh, not that much later. It was like, we've been got, you know, under guidance by the state of Pennsylvania. We're allotted to 7,500 people in the stadium, which includes all of those personnel as well. So that number just got severely deflated. And like you were mentioning before we jumped on, Chris, with college, that could be even a, a larger number because of the rosters are so much bigger. You got to give priority to parents if you're going to get the band there, which I think they will. That's going to be a priority too. That number is going to be way, way down. So everybody gets all excited, thinks they're going to have a chance to go. Good luck because 7,500 all become become 3,000, 2,000 really quickly when you take all those things into consideration. Sorry, band, you can't go. Listen, because <laughs> here's the thing: if the band isn't playing for fans. Who's the band playing for? Apparently, Didi, the band is playing for the people that serve you nachos. Is why <laughs> because they're they're the same as me, who are the same as the head coach, who are the, the same. same as the starting quarterback. It's all the same, interchangeable. That makes no sense to me. That you're like, if you're going to give priority to the band and no one's there, it just you know what I'm saying. And it's no offense to bands. Bands are great. They make that they make part of the atmosphere. But if the atmosphere isn't there we just need to put on a playlist because this is really for the players, right? Like the players aren't listening to whatever 70 song, the band director decided to throw on the thing. You know what I mean? Like I, 
I, I'm not in, I don't know, but that is kind of crazy though. Cause they're starting to, you know, lift restrictions. I saw, I feel like games in Florida, they're all, they have fans at them and mm-hmm. stuff yeah. and some certain places around the country, but I don't know, man. I don't know. In West Virginia, they're going to have fans in stadiums for Kansas. And I'm just like, I guys, you're going to go, you're going to risk the Rona for Kansas. Like, I, like, I like football, but guys, no. come on, <laughs> come on. Not for Kansas, Oklahoma. So, yeah. yeah, let's do it. Right. And part of the reason a lot of Pitt fans are excited is because like the next home game is Notre Dame. So a lot oh, of people want to see oh. that game. Um, and I'm, I'm actually all for like, I think of that allotment in college, I absolutely would vote for the bands to be there, you know, ahead of, of some other groups. But I mean, the fact that the band and the ushers are the same, I, that just, that blows my mind. Blows my mind. Thanks for nothing. Well, become a band parent, Chris. I don't know what to tell you. Adopt a kid right now. Like, there's <laughs> got to be a kid in the pit band that doesn't have a dad. You've got to go be Speed that person's dad. Yeah. Or right now. I'll just walk up to the stadium with my trumpet and say I'm alumni band and see if they let me in. Hey, man. A fan got into a Yankees-Red Sox game. Right. I feel like if you had a trumpet, you could do it at Heinz Field. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, get it off your chest. So, gentlemen, this week I experience one of the many, many benefits of home ownership, which many of us do. And it's one that just has my mind blown in the era in society of technology that we live in. Smoke alarms. That little beep that goes off in the middle of the night every time. That little faint beep that will drive you crazy and wake you up out of the most deep sleep that you can be in. Beep! That son of a bitch got a low battery. Got a low battery after four years. It's finally got a low battery. And technology to the point has advanced where if I pull a smoke alarm down off of my ceiling, it will set off an alarm to the alarm company. They will call me and they're like, oh, we got a tamper alarm on your smoke detector. So I can't even, maybe we could do this 10 years ago where you just pull the thing down, pull the batteries out, whatever, let it die, right? Deal with it in the morning. No, no, not anymore. It's to the point where I can't pull the thing off the wall, off the ceiling, because it sets off an alarm to the alarm company. So I have to call the alarm company at three o'clock in the morning, (laughs) say, hey, I've got a low battery and I don't have batteries for it. I need you to disable this alarm for the next 12 hours because I'm not dealing with this right now. How is this? How is this still a thing when we have... TV remotes that tell us when we have a low battery. We have engine oil lights. We have low fuel lights. That's a warning before it gets to that stage. We have refrigerators that have water filters that tell us the percentage of it the whole way down and give us a warning before it dies. But we don't have technology that we can come up with some other warning system for a low battery and a couple of triple A's for a smoke alarm that isn't just the beep that always always goes off in the middle of the night and ruins a good night's sleep. Can we please, and maybe this technology is out there, and if it is, send it my way, at Steel City Dan 22 I need smoke alarms. I'm replacing all of these that you have to give me some other type of warning. If they're that connected to the alarm system, send me an email or a text a week before in at whatever hour of the day you want to say like, hey, guess what? 
that battery after four years is getting a little low. Just uh, give you a heads up. You should replace that soon before that beep goes off in the middle of the night. I'd change those all out that day, and I would appreciate that type of warning. Why aren't we there yet in 2020? Can we work on that technology? It's one of the most annoying things of home ownership happens every single time. I've now, to eliminate the risk of that happening, I replaced all of them. I'm not waiting for another one to go off in the middle of the night. There's like eight smoke detectors in here. They're all good for another couple of years. But please, can we work on some technology where we get another warning besides the middle of the night beep on these smoke alarms? Kids, younger generations, we need you to step up for us, be the future, change the system, help us out. What what uh, what night did this happen? Because it it feels fresh. <laughs> oh, it was fresh. This was probably last Thursday night, so it was during the week. Really unfortunate. And uh, it's still steaming from it a little bit. The fact that <laughs> we're only a few days removed. It just blows my mind. Like, really? It gets to the lowest point and then it has to start beeping. Obviously, there's a connection with the alarm company now. Where if I pull it off the ceiling, it lets them know. How about it lets them know when I have a low battery and then they let me know during normal business operating hours. That would be, that'd be wonderful. Well, yours sounds higher tech of the higher tech variety, to be honest with you. Cause like I, I still have the kind where you could take it off and I mean, nobody's calling me about it. So that's. I didn't even know I had, it was the thing. Honestly, <laughs> I took it down the one time and it was just like, sir, is everything okay? I'm like, Yeah. Like we had a tamper on a smoke detector. I'm like, this isn't an airplane. I'm allowed to tamper with my own smoke detector. Like, are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, sorry, bro. I had a little bit too much Febreze in here, and it just hit it and just activated that that thing off. Like, I want less of that technology or more of give me a low battery, give me some flashing lights or something before that beep starts going off. Anything. Dude, I hear you. Because in my old apartment building, they told us when we moved in, they're like, okay, so you can change all the smoke alarms in this one except this one. Because if you change this one, there's a very, it's there, because they didn't give, they were like, they said there was like a 90% chance that the sprinklers would go off. So it was the one in the living room. And they were like, if you touch this one, the sprinklers might go off. And I'm like, okay. And I never touched it, but. The sprinklers did go off in another apartment that was like three or four doors down. Ooh. And I'm like, did they change it? But I never found out. I wasn't friends with the people. I didn't know. And it's kind of weird to just be like, ask your landlord, like, hey, those people touch that uh, secret <laughs> fire alarm. But that whole thing just makes no sense to me because those things beep and you have to wait. And especially if, like, if you live like in an apartment building like that, it's like you have to wait for, you know, the morning for like yeah. the landlord and you have to call them and they bring the maintenance person over and then they have to do it. It's like, I just needed to change batteries, but I had to hear this little tiny beeping sound. That is the most annoying sound in the world. Go off for like 12 hours. Yes. I feel you. It's the worst. Again, we need some, we can do better. We can do better than this in terms of technology. Smoke alarms are great. We need them, but we gotta, we gotta advance that a little bit. Well, boys, here's what I gotta get off my chest. So I just had a kid. So big shouts to uh, my wife, not me. No, don't clap for me. Clap for it's, my wife. It's not for Please. you. It's, it's not, not for you. Oh, it's not. Thank yeah. you. All claps. All claps for my wife. Big shouts to Major East Dudley. He's the goat and he sleeps all the freaking time. But anyways, here's what I need to get off my chest. Men are trash, dude. Like we don't do a goddamn thing. So like this is the second time I've sat in the operating room with my wife while she had a C-section. Okay. So you sit there and you're like, your wife's body is getting ripped apart. And I'm just sitting there doing absolutely nothing 
absolutely nothing, just sitting there. And if you went through the natural birth thing, like you sit there while your wife is having her like vagina just ripped open, like just <laughs> ripped apart. You're just sitting there and you're not doing a goddamn thing, right? And then you think about like the way that like women have been treated like throughout the years. This is all the stuff that was going through my head, right? As this is the second time we go through this. And they're like, you know, women didn't really have like maternity leave until like recently like everywhere they're still fighting for maternity leave they want it to be a little bit longer you know not just these like months that some people get or whatever it is or some half of it's paid half of it's unpaid and all that and you're just thinking about it like wow men who basically run all this shit just ain't shit how could you literally sit there and watch your wife go through all of this and then be like you know what she needs to get back to work though <laughs> Like, we're talking, like, crazy things happen to them. Cra- like, they carry a baby for this long, and you're just like, wow. Like, they still need to do all the same stuff that we do and get back to work. No. Like, it's really, really, really messed up. And I don't know why this hit me after the second time. Because the first time, it was just like, whoa, this is nuts. Like, I feel kind of worthless. The second time, I'm just like, wow. Like, men, we're we're just really, we aren't shit. And if they could do this without us, without that, like, two seconds that we're a part of it, you know, because we're there for the fun part because, you know, sex is fun. And, you know, we're there for that fun part. And then other than that, they carry the whole thing. So if they could do this without us, like without us at all, like we would be screwed, like completely screwed. That's why I get it off my chest. Amazing. Shouts to women. That's all I got. (laughs) Shouts to women. Any woman who's had a baby, any, any, all of them, you guys are all the greatest because I, good Lord, thanks for keeping us around. (laughs) <laughs> i can't i can't re- i can't refute any of that nor would i want to uh <laughs> yeah i got the experience for me just like sit, you you said you you sit around and you don't do anything like you try and be as much emotional support yeah. as you can be but like at a certain point during the childbirth during the childbirth regardless of like what route you have to go, like there's not, you get to a point where like even the emotional support is like, you can't, you're not, you don't feel, I mean, maybe you are helping a little bit, but you don't feel like you are. It definitely feels like your wife is a warrior and you're just like the dude on the pullout couch next to her. You're just the, you're just the backup quarterback at that point. Right. Yeah. You're holding the the sideline and you're like, do you see that uh, defender over there? They're like, yeah, I did actually. Thanks for uh, pointing that out from over here with your clipboard, but I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, you're you're wearing the baseball cap and never the actual football helmet, pretty much. Right. The doctor's the coach. She's in there as the quarterback, and you're just back there with the visor, just checking on things, being like, "How's it going out there?" <laughs> yeah. The hey, the backup quarterback gets a ring at the end of it if they win a championship. So you, like, you, you get the ring, but like, did you deserve it? You get some credit, but they don't deserve it. Yeah, absolutely. Who's Patrick Mahomes' backup quarterback? <laughs> Because that's who you are during childbirth. Like you were, you were Patrick Mahomes' backup quarterback. Because yeah, there's the guy down there, and I, I believe that certain people they actually listen to their backup quarterback. You know, they listen to them like, "Hey, man, you missed this." Blah blah blah. Pat, who can tell Patrick Mahomes, who's like a video game character, what to do out there and what he missed? Nobody. There's not one person who can do that, and that is how you feel. That's a really good analogy right there. The backup quarterback one is good because, but you're the backup to literally to probably the best quarterback maybe the best quarterback ever that's who you're the backup to they're not (laughs) listening to you they don't care that you're there they're not listening to you but yeah i had to get it off my chest but i like it all right well let's get into the main course boys 
how are we going to change these debates? Because there's the debate on, was it Wednesday? With our two candidates for president who are both 900 years old. And from all reports, it was awful. I didn't watch it. I saw the highlights on Twitter and all that stuff, which was probably more enjoyable than actually sitting there and watching it for two hours. But how would we change the debate? We are now the official presidential debate commission here at the Brunch Breakdown. How do we change this stuff? Um, I want to start with the moderation <laughs> of the debate, if we can, because I think there's only so much you can do about the candidates, and we're experiencing that yeah. uh, live and direct on a daily basis. Um, but I think it's I think it all starts with the moderator and what like we set he or she up with. And um, I'd like to offer this visual to you guys because um, there's a show. Well, I actually don't know if it's still, it probably still is on ESPN called around the horn uh, with a host, a moderator named Tony Reale. And he has a mute button. Okay. And I think that that is very, very important. And I think that's where we need to start with upgrading these debates is um, I'm not even saying find somebody like him. I'm saying get him there and give him the whole setup that he has. And he can award points, but he can also shut the mic off on people so that we can hear what the people are trying to say um, and also see who wins at the end, you know, because we're giving points. I love that. Yeah, you're, I think you're right. The moderator has to be, and I, and I didn't watch the last one either, but apparently the moderator kind of just didn't have a whole lot of control over it. But that's also a pretty big challenge with who they're dealing with. But I, I think with these debates, like most of the things that they're saying aren't swaying people, right? We've talked about how the undecided voter at this point, especially this year, has probably been decided. And so we're so late into this thing. These elections have been good. You know, the whole process started years ago. You've got a pretty good idea, even though everybody's watching it. Like, like, give me a comedian. Give me some comedic element where they can throw in a little jab or two in between it to provide us some entertainment so it's not just screaming back and forth. Paul Rudd, if you will. No, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, but give me, give me somebody like that, that can throw in uh, a jab. I mean, reality, reality does that on, uh, around the horn. I love those ideas, Chris, where you got to have the mute button. You, it shuts off their lights. I think the whole side of the stage should just shut their lights off too. The mic goes off and it's just boom, that, that person is done, cut off altogether. I'm, I'm with you on those. Mute button. I like it. I like that mute button. Yeah. I think there needs to be a music element added into this. Oh, because I think you can learn a lot about a person by what music they listen to. (laughs) And luckily, this year would have been the year to have the presidential debate. One of them be a versus battle. If you guys aren't familiar with versus battles, it's what happened on Instagram. Swizz Beats, Timbaland, they put artists together and they battle their songs. Let's battle a top 10 songs on Trump and Biden's playlist. Let's see who's got the better playlist that could sway an undecided voter. Because there's nothing you can say about policy or nothing you can say about anything else is going to sway somebody at this point. But pop culture could sway that. So I say we have a versus battle be the second or third debate. And 
let's see what these guys are listening to. I like that. I think we need to make sure that we get um, like that. We're not getting playlists that they are just force feeding, you know, born in the USA type of songs right. onto to try and seem patriotic. Like we need to find a way to make sure that like we'll go in, we'll work with Spotify and find out their true listening history. And what mm. are the top 10 most listened to songs so that they can't kind of BS us with like, you know, patriotic stuff to seem like an American, you know? I love it. And I think they should have intro music, make it like a walk-up music in baseball or like w- make it WWE style where they come out with their intro music. That's, that's fit for them. Give me that. Let them cut a promo at the beginning, just unsolicited, whatever they want to say a uh, little back and forth, open segment, uh, WWE style. Let them run it that way. We mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I think maybe last week, give us a halftime show. Give us both of their top artists. Give us a halftime show. In fact, turn this whole thing into a football game. Uh, <laughs> give us two halves. Coin toss at the beginning. Okay. You've got the halftime with the halftime show. One hour. One hour of debate time. That's it. There is a running clock. And that's why the mute buttons are great. Because you have one hour. We don't need a two or three hour debate going on and on and on. Give us the kickoff. Let's go with it. Let's turn this thing into a football game. I like it. I like it too. Dan, you what are you adding? Flag? How do hey. you like that? Hey, that's what I came up with. Yeah, is that you have a, you have you have a challenge flag, and you can one you can use it once to call out a definite lie, right? You know something is a definite lie. They're just BSing over there. Boom! Throw the challenge flag. Oh, can they wait? Can they go to like D, like Dean Blandino or whatever his name is in the booth? Yes, go to Dean Blandino in the booth true. to review it. To verify, <laughs> you've got all those guys ready to go. If they find out that it was a lie, boom, loss of turn, it goes back to the other person yes. and they get bonus time. Yes. And then you get another challenge back if you were correct. I like wow. Give me the challenge flag on these debates. Let's go. How many do they get? How many do they get? There's a lot of lying going on. A lot. That's what it's tough. I don't want to make it unlimited challenge flags. Like I feel like maybe you get, it's like football where maybe you get two. And if you get both of them correct, if you're right on both of them, then you get a bonus third one. All right. I like that. Then they have to be very strategic about how they throw their flag. Right. So they're not just throwing it willy nilly as an interruption tactic. Right. Yeah. And, but because I think if you give, yeah, you have to give two because I feel like if you only give one, you're gonna you're gonna tell your li- you're gonna be telling little lies throughout like the whole debate, and just like waiting <laughs> right. for that. Like, oh, he, oh, he threw the flag on that one. Oh, you just wait and see what's about to go down. <laughs> because I feel like That's if true. you only give them one, they're gonna they're saving the big one for the end. Right. Yeah. Great point. My Great God. Point. What else? Anything else that we could do to sp- we, these got to be more entertainment, right? This is like we said. It's so late into the process where we're not there for what they're saying. It just turns into, first of all, these deb- debates would be much better. Talking about what you said, Didi, at the beginning, if these were two women, <laughs> these would be much better. Period. Yes. All right. Yes. One day we better get there, and those would be much better. But for what we have to deal with, we need to be, we're on the committee now. We're not on the committee in four years. We need to be on this committee now and see these changes. Well, that's a big piece of it, man, because like, a, a quick improvement to the debate would be different people like <laughs> but we can't do that which makes it harder because like Didi said 
we're talking about spicing up two 90-year-old dudes. Um, that, and nobody knows what they're saying ever. Yeah. So like it's it's quite a task. Different people, different, different questions, like real questions like, like what would you do if your son was at home crying all along <laughs> on the bedroom floor because he's hungry? <laughs> so is it just like we're gonna say or, so are you adding finish the lyric <laughs> to the debate <laughs> yeah, we do that. because i will be 1000 percent honest whoever can finish that i mean it's gonna be tough not to vote for them yeah. right right yeah that's a good element too yeah because anything I don't know. anything like that to make them seem like real people would be awesome yeah because you know? and honestly like if you okay i don't want this to sound mean but like who what random people that are over 75 would you actually take great advice from that you're not related to you're not related to so i'm not talking about your uncles i'm not talking about your grandparents or your parents or whatever i'm talking about just like you see a 75 year old on the street and they go to tell you something you're like that's a crazy old guy <laughs> i'm not listening to you I, I don't listen to what anybody has to say that's not related to me or that I do not know. Someone that I don't consider family over 75, I'm like, well, that was that was good. Yeah. But, you let eh. them talk, but yeah. like you don't change anything about yourself because of it. <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. That's how I feel when you watch any of the highlights or clips of the debate. I'm like, it's still somebody really old telling me how to live my life or how we should live our lives. And I'm like, you what you're like eight generations removed from where yeah. I'm at. <laughs> Can't relate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What else would you guys change debates? All of it. <laughs> I'm going back to the mute feature. And like, I think that like that obviously has to exist, but I also think like the mute has to like, there has to be some setup where like, if they get, if Tony Reale mutes Donald Trump, like Trump will keep talking yeah. regardless of the fact that he's muted and that will then like Biden will still be able to hear him. And like, then he won't like know what to focus on. Cause like, that was a big thing that's like screwed him up is cause he couldn't, he couldn't focus because Trump just like never stopped talking. <laughs> so he couldn't like tr get his own train. So there needs to be something where it's like, when the mute thing happens, like then also the other person like can't hear him. And I don't know how you do that, but it needs to be like full mute. Like, like a cone maybe of like silence. something drops the down on silence. top of the person. They like get put in like we were talking about Matilda uh last week. Maybe they get put in the chokey. Maybe they get put in the chokey from Matilda for like two solid minutes so the other person can talk. They go in the boo box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What is the box that they put people in like whenever um, at the end of Family Feud? You know, when one person's like giving oh, right. the answers and the family members in the back, like, you know, can't hear anything. Yeah. We got to do something like that. Like got to throw them in something like that. Or I don't know. And maybe I don't know what you do. Be, you know, we always talk about candidates and like their health and are they fit? How, are they are they fit to be running the country based on their own health? Like maybe we do like a double dare physical challenge as, yes. you know, at some point in it. Maybe maybe we need that to like, well, sure, like they can say I have a full bill of health from my doctor, but nobody can prove that unless unless we strap some goggles on them, dump some slime down and make them do a, an obstacle course.
get Mark Summers back involved. I love this. Yeah, Let's what's he go. doing? What's he doing yeah. nowadays? He could he could be the other moderator, maybe. Ooh, he could be. Who, the moderator. Do you guys have any? Do you guys have any thoughts on who should be the mo- who you would like to see as the moderator? Like who you want to see as that? Because well, I really I, don't. Yeah, go ahead. I have Tony Reale, one hundred percent. Okay, Tony Reale. I think yeah. it should be. It's like it, depending on how this mute feature works, you still need to be aggressive with these people because, like you said, Chris, even if you mute somebody, somebody like Donald Trump's just going to keep talking. You need somebody that like the Big Show who can literally be a physical force to these people and talk way louder than him and like scream like an animal to just shut him up and just like stand up and look. I, I, we need some big physical presence up there. We need a bouncer. We need we need somebody like the Big Show. Yeah, that's a good idea. Somebody that they're both clearly going to be afraid of. Or should the big show stand behind them? Ooh. Yeah. As and like, just like, like a walking moderator. Yeah. Yeah. And just <laughs> like make sure they know that like I'm going to do something. I'm here. If you don't shut up on Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, you know, bars handle things that way. They want to keep, you know, people from getting too rowdy. Well, that's why there are bouncers at bars. Because if you get a little too rowdy, in this case, if you interrupt people too much, you get bounced. You get kicked out. And the big show wow. is here to do that. We may have just given James Harrison another job. Not as moderator, but as debate bouncer. Yes. <laughs> I like The it. most intimidating dude on the planet. <laughs> get him there. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. When it comes to the moderator, people keep talking about like Joe Rogan and stuff. And I'm like, no, he won't be able to keep control. That's just silly. I think like who should be the moderator is just like a regular human. Somebody just who can speak well and is just like a regular person. Not somebody who works in radio or somebody who works doing podcasts. Just some regular person should just be the moderator and see how they, because I feel like they will respect somebody that they don't know because that will be like every Joe American or, you know, Joanne American, whatever. Like, I feel like, they, they will have to respect them. They can't berate them the way that they do Chris Wallace because they know Chris Wallace. They've done right. interviews with Chris Wallace. Like they have their already opinions on Chris Wallace or Anderson Cooper or whomever you decide to put up there. They already know them. So they're already feeling like there's a bias there and they're coming against them. But if you just have random Joe Democrat, random Joanne Republican or whatever, or an independent, I feel like you could have some stability in a debate. I could be completely wrong, but that's there's something about just having like a normal person in there and you just being like in them having to respect them mm-hmm. the way they don't have to respect anybody else. But that does could be that, wrong. <laughs> does that normal person have all of the powers that we just outlined? <laughs> we have to give them. Yes, they have to. All yeah, because <laughs> then I think all it could them. work. Yeah, 100%. all of them. Yes. Do you think we need to do this with anybody? If we had two 55-year-old candidates, do you think we have to do all these bells and whistles? Do you think we have to do all this regardless who it is up there? Or is it just because we have two a million-year-old dudes who probably can't hear that well? <laughs> right. I think we probably wouldn't have to do all of them. I think we'd have to do some of them. But I don't think we'd have to get quite as deep and detailed with some of these restrictions because it's just at that point where, yeah, it's everything's got to be laid out there and on the table, but yeah, you get a couple of generations younger. I think it's probably a little bit less chaotic if they both are. We're, I, you know, the last time debates were happening, I don't really remember 
specifics. I, I guess debates. I remember the last election cycle, but the one before that. So um, like Obama and prior. I don't really remember specifically what those debates were like, but I mean, was there this much chaos when they happened? Like, I feel like they were more civilized in the past and it's just gotten worse. Yeah. I don't remember it being like that because the Obama years, those are the first like debates that I ever watched. So like, because I mean, I didn't, I don't think I was able to vote till like 2005. So like there's that or 2004, but, um, but yeah, with those debates, I felt like it was just like a normal debate supposed to be. Like you yeah. get on this person for what their policy is or what they've said in the past. Like what a debate is, not just, you know, like not calling each other stupid, not calling each other sleepy, not calling each other. It's just you were telling people to shut up. I think it's it was those were like actual debates, you know. And now I feel like it's like who can who the, who can get the biggest like viral moment or something right. now. And neither of them achieved that, by the way. Like, because people were like, Joe Biden said, shut up, man. I'm like, I guess that's a big deal to a 75-year-old person to say, shut up, man. I'm like, guys, that's not funny. Like, it's just, I'm happy. He said it. Great. It's not great. It's not funny. No, the only thing that comes out of these are like the the internet videos and things like that that come after. You mentioned the last election, Chris. uh, Somebody retweeted us from years ago from the first time around on the podcast where we had the time of my life duet with Hillary and Trump in that video that, that spark came from one of their debates. And now you had one with Joe Biden and Eminem. Which... <laughs> oh, man. That shit was so funny. Like that. We have to go through all this pain and agony to get, you know, 30 seconds of humor from it the next day. You know, I don't know if it's worth it, but at least we got that. Maybe the halftime, sh- maybe there should be a middle of the debate, like still an hour, but like in the middle of the debate. So you get 30 minutes, middle of the debate, we break down who's got the best memes on the internet so far. Oh, okay. Because yes. that's probably the most exciting part about these debates is just all the creative people on the internet who just make these things. And it's just incredible. I'm there for that. That's the halftime we need. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So mute button, challenge flag versus battle. Finish the lyric. <laughs> <laughs> we got Tony Reale, who I think would be a really good moderator, by the way, yeah. if you give him all of his around the horn powers. Yeah. Like, and like on around the horn, it's mostly old white dudes anyway. Yeah. So he's used to it. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, and me Jackie Mac. And Jackie let, Mac. Let me see Oprah <laughs> there. Let me see Oprah run this thing. She'd run that show. She'd run that show. Yeah. Oprah doesn't need to though. She, no. <laughs> no, she doesn't. We need her to, but she doesn't need to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well that was fun being the debate commission. So real debate commission. If you guys need some fresh eyes, we got you because they get paid apparently a lot. It's an undisclosed amount of money by all the people who put on the debate. So like all the sponsors you see, we talked last week about how the ratings are so big. So that means more sponsor, you know, all the money in that they get paid an undisclosed amount to do this and i'm like it's a hell of a gig yikes yeah it's undisclosed that means it's a lot of money yeah i i want that gig (laughs) all right well let's get into uh joey chestnut dan since you've been spearheading this entire podcast tell us what joey chestnut the food god has done now joey chestnut has just eaten 12 pounds 
of a walking taco to celebrate National Taco Day. The dude is unfreaking believable. It's like in this overstuffed Doritos bag that he's just scooping out. 12 pounds of this thing. Are you kidding me? This dude is... He's the goat of the goats. How do you even put this, comprehend what he has done? He has 46 world records. 46. Um, it, you know, I don't know how to compare it. Like, it's like winning in football, winning a state championship in high school, then winning the NCAA championship, then winning the Super Bowl as a player, and then winning the Super Bowl as a coach. Like, what else being named uh, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, and MVP in the same season? How does he do it? How does this dude just blow people out of the water and just crush on these things? And where's where's he putting 12 pounds of food, man? That's a lot of food. I Dude, anytime I watch him on TV, I'm just like, how do you... Why do you still want to do this? I can see wanting to enter like a competition one time. If you were just like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to train. I can see myself doing it one time, making myself so sick doing that. But not make a career out of it. Like he's, this is literally his career. Yeah. Dan, did it say like to have for this 12 pound walking taco? Was it, did it say how much money he made for it? Was it part of a competition? Like... I don't think this one, let me see if this, I would buy, I'm going to pull it up right now because he does, he makes a lot of money for these things. And honestly, there is a, an amazing 30 for 30 on Joey Chestnut and Kobayashi. I think that came out yeah. two years ago. It's incredible. And it how is pretty good. Kobayashi kind of set this whole thing up for Joey Chestnut to be, to make a career out of this and be profitable. Cause this is what Kobayashi wanted. He was bigger than, what quote unquote major league eating, which is a real thing. He's like, I am this sport. I need to be able to have sponsors and profit off this myself. And they're like, no, you're not doing that. Joey Chestnut comes along, beats him, continues to win. And now he's the one profiting off of all of these things. And it, it turned to a point a couple of years in for Joey, where he's like, I don't need to work anymore. I just train to eat and go and win all of these competitions. It's incredible. He has to make so much money. And they show like some of his training footage and it's like some of it is so disgusting. It is so uh, unhealthy and gross. Like he like he'll like like drink what like way too much water to like train his stomach to expand and stuff. And he'll do these like exercises where he's like almost gagging but like not fully throwing up so he knows how to choke it back down like it's so gross it is so gross well like have you seen okay so kobayashi i remember seeing something i don't think it was the 30 for 30 it was like probably some e60 or something like that when espn whenever he was when kobayashi was like going up and he was just doing an interview while eating sushi off of like plates on a conveyor belt yeah and he just kept yes. grabbing them off of them and he's just like just constant, like while getting asked questions and while I continue talking. And I thought it was the most, the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. And the plates, like by the end of it, he had like three stacks of them. Yeah. That was, yeah. I remember seeing that too. Yeah. He, yeah. It is interesting how like, cause then wasn't there a situation where like he, he got beat by Joey chestnut and then like he wanted to keep competing, but like they wouldn't let him. And then he like showed up at a, 
he showed up at the hot dog eating one one year yeah. and like tried to crash it and was without a contract. Yeah, without, tried yeah, to come. and they had like they had like bouncers there and kicked him out. And there was this whole drama. Like the eating world is so so weird, that- and I love it. It's it is it's amazing. Um, so this walking taco, this wasn't a competition. He he did it himself because a lot of these competitions aren't happening this year. So he just took it on himself. He ate this thing in thirty eight minutes. Uh, it included two pounds of chips, three pounds of ground beef, two pounds of cheese, one pound of sal- uh, sal- salsa, six avocados, onions, sour cream, and jalapeno sauce that he put on top of it as well. I mean, one pound of salsa. Do you know how much like a small like bowl of salsa wrecks my stomach? That's why I stumbled over it. I was like, wait, one pound of salsa? That's just a pound of salsa is like the big jar, right? That's like probably like 16 ounces, right? Yeah, it's 16. Yeah. It's a lot of salsa. How about this one? 121 Twinkies in six minutes. That's an average of over 20 Twinkies per minute. That's one of his world records. Can you eat two Twinkies in one minute? Ooh, I'd like to try. Because I you just don't. 121? 121 in six minutes. That's eight over 18,000 calories in six minutes. It's delicious. Chris. <laughs> Chris, a client calls you. They're like, you know what? I've heard about Chris Gates Fitness because I listened to the brunch breakdown. And Chris, I want you to get me ready for the hot dog eating contest next 4th of July. What do you say to them? That's the opposite of my mission <laughs> statement. There's no way I'm helping anybody do that. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because Joey Chestnut looks like he's in shape. He does. Yeah. Not bad shape anyways. Right. Yeah. Some of those guys are humongous, but you're right. He's like, he looks like a, like a, like just a, like an average yeah. guy average that Joe. probably goes to the gym. An average Joey at the gym. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and a lot of these records that he has, his jaw must be unbelievable because if I were to enter a contest, it would be like, give me spaghetti or macaroni and cheese or something where I don't need to chew a lot of it. I could just throw it down my gullet. Um, but he chews, he's got to choose on so many, uh, on so many of these things, obviously uh, hot dogs, but chicken wings, hard boiled eggs, that grosses me out. That's a soft one. Uh, funnel cakes. Uh, glazed donuts, meat pies, mutton sandwiches, pepperoni rolls, pulled pork, gyros, boysenberry pie, pastrami, ice cream sandwiches. How are you doing ice cream? How is that not freezing the hell out of your brain? How do you how do you train for that? Um, there's just this is this one is amazing. I almost cracked up when I saw this. Seven and a half. Pizza Hut Pizzones in 10 minutes. <laughs> I love that there's a contest for the Pizzone. Amazing. Who is, that? Who is better than Joey? There's, you can't compare what he's done to any other athlete or anything else to just be that good at that many different things. Like the whole spectrum, the whole world of it is unfathomable. Well, a fun fact, Dan, um, he, he does jaw training exercises. Have you ever seen, 
<laughs> ja, ja that, that would be more productive than what he does. Um, have you ever seen those commercials for that thing called Jawser Size? Have you guys ever heard of this? Yes. No. Yes. Okay. Well, it, we it's something we should actually probably talk about on the brush breakdown in a future episode. But it's like this ball that has like an indent on the top and on the bottom, and it's wrapped around a necklace, so you can wear it around your neck. And whenever you feel like it, you can pull it up, you put it in your teeth, and you bite down on it, and it applies like some you know crazy amount of pounds of resistance to your jaw. So Joey Chestnut uh, uses jawser size to wow. train his jaw, and he also lifts weights with his teeth. That's incredible. Yeah. See, you need that for all this all this chewing. I get it. Two hundred fifty seven Hostess donuts in six minutes. <laughs> Dan has so many statistics. <laughs> I got the whole list up. Two hundred fifty seven. I mean, they're the donuts, but they're still donuts. And then I was looking for a lot of these are by quantity, but give me the big, give me. Give me the big one in terms of poundage. All right. We said 13 pound walking taco. Chris, you're a big fan of burritos. I'm sure you have the caloric intake of a burrito on deck, ready to go because you do love a good burrito. 10 minutes, 14 and a half pounds. Of burrito. Of burrito. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, a ch- a, an average chicken burrito at Chipotle is getting you Pretty close to a thousand calories. I don't know how many pounds that that burrito 14 is. Fourteen and a half pounds, and there's like separate. It's, burri- it's burritos <laughs> long form because there must be another subcategory for burritos. Joey's the greatest man. Joey's the greatest. I, just trying he's to think about. Sickened. He looks like he's going to be nauseous. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, uh, definitely queue up minute fifty three of the podcast so you can see Didi's facial reactions to this. Song. I just. Just thinking about these things and just like, and it's not that I don't eat all these foods that you have mentioned. I'm just thinking about eating them at that, like that fast and that many of them. Yeah. And living in living another day, like Joey Chestnut's (laughs) alive. Right. Like, God, that's terrible. 36 years old, 230 pounds. The goat of goats. Good God. Well, um, before we get to what we're listening to, uh, COVID made a huge comeback this week. So for anybody who believes that it was oh, gone, come back. COVID I'm is back. Here. Cam Newton got COVID. One of our favorites of the brunch breakdown got COVID. Donald Trump got COVID. President of the United States got COVID. And a bunch of his friends got COVID as well because... They just nobody was wearing masks inside, outside, all that stuff. And uh, the Tennessee Titans... Uh, they just weren't doing anything down there, apparently. And I guess they're going to get fined by the NFL. They're investigating like that they were just not doing anything at their facilities. Um, you mean like you not guys- testing? Yeah, they no, they were just like, no, like nobody was wearing masks. I guess they were testing just like, you know, taking temperatures whenever they wanted to. Like oh, I didn't not testing that. whenever they wanted to. Yeah, like there were like some, you know, reports and stuff that came out like about stuff that was going on there. And it just doesn't seem... Like they were doing everything they were supposed to be doing. And that's how that happened. And it hasn't really happened anywhere in, you know, basically anywhere else, because even with cam, um, nobody else got it on the Patriots, just cam. So who knows what place cam was hanging out at? Because I know cam is a fan of strip clubs. So I imagine somebody in Boston knows where cam was and where he got it. Now he got it, but 
anyways, uh, what did you guys think for all this, you know, news of like just you, knowing that people weren't wearing masks, weren't being, you know, careful and COVID making this comeback for October? <laughs> I'm not surprised. I mean, it's pretty like as a football fan to take the football angle, like I've watched enough game NFL games in Florida and specifically the SEC is back. And if you watch any of those games, man, their fans just do not care about wearing a mask or social distancing at all in these stadiums. So it's not surprising to me um, that, you know, people aren't paying attention, but um, I feel like, like the NFL botched it. Like they, if an organization is not doing the thing, like if you outline all these things that organizations have to do, like you have to have NFL personnel there to make sure it gets done. Right. Like, and then with the Titans having 16 people test positive, then like their scheduling was totally messed up because they didn't build a schedule that had flexibility to like handle this. So they had to switch all these things around the Steelers now, like their bye weeks, week three, which for an NFL team like that sucks, man. You just have like 14, 15 weeks straight season to end the end the year. And like, what if it happens again to another team? I don't know. I think like, yeah, that there's that's stupid. You got to be more responsible. But like the NFL probably should have like had more enforcement of protocols and, and maybe planned ahead a little bit better with, with this type of stuff. Yeah, they absolutely should have. It's College had to adjust and they made adjustments and the NFL was just like, nope, we're trucking along. Everything's good, good, good to go here. Don't need to worry about it. Don't need a bubble. We'll be fine. And it happened early. I think it happened earlier in the season that a lot of people thought it would and it got a lot worse than I thought it would. You're right, Chris. It like screws over teams like the Steelers that have to play that many weeks in a row to end the season. You know, talking about the Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers, two teams that could contend for the Super Bowl, this could drastically change how they fare in the playoffs because of how many weeks in a row both of those teams will have to play. And now with Cam getting it and there was a false positive with the Saints, like he's getting crazy where the NFL is going, oh shit, we don't, we're not going to have the luxury where we can just switch things around for these teams if we have to push these games back. And now they're getting tougher with their enforcement where they're saying loss of draft picks, major fines, and potential forfeits of games. That's what it should be. That's it should, what it should have been from the like, start because they knew it was kind of inevitable. I didn't know those details that Didi said, but like when you hear that, like that that game, they, the Titans should have just had to forfeit that game because they were so irresponsible. It shouldn't impact another team. Right. Yeah. Because like those are reports, like who knows what was actually going on. I just know like those are some of the reports, like you can look those up, like you can see them, like different things, like saying, you know, anonymous source saying that this is what was going on at the Titans facilities. And then, you know, with the NFL saying that like they're possibly going to find them, somebody was doing something wrong. You know what I mean? And like you, because if it just, you can't be the only team that gets it. You know what I mean? And then, like every other team, you know, it really doesn't have this, does, hasn't had this problem. Right. So, like, you've obviously not been paying attention and not doing everything you're supposed to. But Tennessee's also another one of the states that were like, we're open, you know, everything's open, everything's, you know, good to go. So that's another issue with that. But the NFL pissed me off too because we wanted New England Patriots because we wanted Cam and Patrick Mahomes. Okay. They should have moved the game to the same time that the Steelers game is on the 24th and didn't play this game last night. You, it was so stupid. You didn't want Brian Hoyer? Oh, and then Jared Stidham yeah. coming in in relief? Yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly what we all dreamed of. I'm like, you 
you really they, like I just I'm mad that they didn't think this through and instead of just they should have just postponed the game till the week they could do it so then we could have a chance of having Cam Newton and Patrick Mahomes instead of having what we had last night which ended up being basically a boring game and then the Chiefs scored a billion points in the fourth quarter but like yeah yeah I was really annoyed with that but other thing I have to say is uh wear your mask people please for like, God's what's it gonna take like what is it what is it gonna take the president freaking has it like what how many more people does it need to get closer to you where you're like all right i guess i better wear this thing a little bit more huh john gruden put your freaking mask on you dumbass I, dude dude college coaches man like nfl coaches you guys all like oh can't do it like andy reads out there spitting up on the screen <laughs> like constantly he's doing what he's supposed to it's that disgusting when they go risk. he's you know he'd be out there in a freaking jumpsuit if he could be he's the prime example of why we have to wear masks because when you look at that awful thing it's like whoa that's <laughs> what we're doing to people why not wearing masks the it C- is insane the cdc just needs to put andy reed on a poster and just put it everywhere he's the model of nothing other than virus prevention yeah. Andy thank you thank you and now that it's october there's just going to be different viruses that are always around like the flu and things like that and andy reed definitely needs to be that person we need to like have andy reed do a whole commercial campaign for the cdc where it's andy reed is at your thanksgiving and that's what his masks look like that's what his mask is like you want andy reed at your thanksgiving without a mask <laughs> he's he's t- turkey and he's like up underneath it and he- <laughs> <laughs> he's got gravy that just splashes up on against it like oh Andy, you got a little gravy there guy he's like, okay, halloween get- he's drinking get- beer get- from a, a straw out of the bottle up the bottom of it and then halloween andy reed do you want your kid going to andy reed's door <laughs> at halloween like we could do this for all the holidays throughout the season and why we all need to do exactly what we're told wear our masks socially distance you know skip this year on having the huge family buffet celebration but we just have andy reed showing us what with his mask on looking all disgusting yeah there's your campaign cdc <laughs> you're welcome my god oh, well, let's get it here for the best <laughs> <laughs> All right, what we are listening to this week uh, is Chris. Get us started. All right, well, I will be completely honest with you guys. Um, I listen to pretty much only MGK all week. Oh, um, look at you! And man, I enjoy that album so much. His new album, um, and I, I'm I'm gonna put a couple more songs on the playlist this week from it, um, just as like. I consider myself a pop punk purist, like the roots of the genre uh, I'm so passionate about. And when I hear it in other music, I get really excited. And I actually heard so much of it in this album. Like you could hear where he pulled from Blink and you can hear where he pulls from like um, MXPX and and even hear some like Panic at the Disco in there and uh, in different bands. Um, so I, I've just really, really enjoyed it. I'm going to put on, um, concert for aliens. I think it's a serious blink 182 pull. I hear a lot of blink 182 song roller coaster from the take off your pants and jacket, uh, album and, uh, split a pill is just like the hardest hitting song, probably like the, the most true to a pop punk, uh, at its core, 
uh, genre type of song on the album. Um, so I'm going to throw two more on the playlist for this week because um, I've just enjoyed it so much. I like it. That I mean, Travis Barker, I think EP'd the thing. So like, and it's all heard throughout the, the album. So good. Yeah. I number one this week. It deserves it. it deserves. I mean, I just love that album. So I can't hate on more songs being, being on there. Dan. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to keep it kind of in kind of in the same area. Uh, with what you were just talking about, Chris, uh, with a band called the Hunna from across the pond. Uh, they just released an album called, uh, I'd rather die than let you in really positive, upbeat songs. Um, <laughs> um, but that's the title track. That's the name of the album. And I'm going to put the title track on the playlist this week. Uh, they've got kind of a new age rock sound, which they've gotten a little bit heavier with it, with this album than some older songs, uh, some heavy guitar riffs in here, but it's still that new age type of style that you, you know, come to expect. Uh, Cause it has, it's a little bit of a pump up song. You could almost hear it being played in a stadium with 3000 people to really pump up the whole crowd um, that we'll <laughs> look forward to apparently at Heinz field. Um, but this album was actually produced by John Feldman, who, has produced for bands uh, like Blink, 21 Pilots, Panic at the Disco, Black Veil Brides, and All Time Low. So I don't want to say there's like, you can pull the pop punk out of there, but you kind of get a different vibe from if you understand what this band used to sound like and where they're going now. You know, we haven't had a whole lot of like rock on this playlist, so this is the closest thing to get to it. So I'd rather die than let you in by the Hana. Like it. Jason Derulo has a hit. Another one. Another one. Another one. It's called Savage Love. I love this song. Yeah. I stopped myself. I kept telling myself I didn't love this song for a very long time. Because I would just see it on like random videos on, you know, Instagram. I know it's like he's humongous on TikTok. Like he 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 took TikTok the way that like Will Smith took to Instagram. Where like he has a production crew, <laughs> where like t- where these platforms are basically like you know kids who do stuff on there and they like are in their homes using their iPhone or whatever, maybe some lighting. But like Jace Derulo has like very very highly produced you know TikToks and stuff. And this song uh, hit on TikTok and it's been out for a while, so it's like not new. It's just that this song is great and it just adds to the brilliance of Jason Derulo and how he is the most underrated. The most underrated artist of a generation. Because have you ever said to your friends, I want to go see Jason Derulo live? No. No, No, you haven't. None of us have. (laughs) But if you make a Jason Derulo playlist, give me Jason Derulo's top 10. I will take that over almost anybody's. Like if you, depending the mood you're in, Jason Derulo top 10. I mean... I'm thinking, like, there's only major hitters who can actually take that down, you know? Like, mm-hmm. we're talking, like, Usher, Justin Timberlake, anybody right. behind, the, you know, maybe Justin Bieber, you know? But, like, I would take a top 10 Jason Derulo over a top 10 Taylor Swift. I would take, I might take a top 10 Jason Derulo over a top 10 Beyonce. Dan, Jason Derulo. You're going to get Dan really <laughs> angry. This is dangerous. Dan is getting pissed off, Didi. Be careful. Jason Derulo's <laughs> top 10. Now you're ruining it. <laughs> Jason Derulo's top 10. Better wow. than Justin Timberlake's top 10. 
Just saying. Savage love. Chris, give us another song. Put it on the playlist. <laughs> Jason Derulo. Sneaky goat. Well, we're known for our hot takes here on the Brunch Breakdown. Yeah. I feel like I'm on an episode of First Take. <laughs> um. All right. Well, I'm going to keep it in the pop punk wheelhouse. Uh, one of my favorite bands, uh, if we're ranking them, in my opinion, new pop punk bands or the new wave of pop punk bands would be my top five a band called Seaway. I've put them on the playlist uh, multiple times before they released a new track. It's called Still Blue, and I'm a huge fan of it. And I wanted to ask you guys, um, have you ever watched a music video and it changed your opinion of the song? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, okay. for sure. Don't watch this music video. Just listen to this song because the, mu- <laughs> <laughs> the music video is awful. Like I don't like everybody just like drops acid at the beginning of it. And then there's like, it doesn't, it has, it, it, it in no way is tied into the lyrics of the song at all. It makes no sense. I watched that first. I was like, this is stupid. And then I went on Spotify and I listened to the song. I was like, wait, no, it's a good song. It's just a bad music video. So Still Blue by Seaway, put it on the playlist this week. I love that. I love that you skewed negative because I feel like it could go one way or the other, right? Where it could either enhance the song or really make it trash. Yeah. And that's why you got to be careful by listening to it first, watching it first. Yeah, it's true. Good advice. Good advice. Uh, I'm going to go with Bishop Briggs. She released a song called Higher this past week. Uh, you've probably heard River or Champion from her before on a TV commercial or sports montage or something like that. She's amazing. She's incredible. Uh, incredible vocalist, singer, songwriter. She's really, really, really good live. Uh, she puts everything into it and uh, lucky enough to see her in a small venue uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, but her song, Higher, it's kind of upbeat, uplifting song. And it's got those catchy group choral vocals that I love and that you just hook me with every single time. So Higher by Bishop Briggs. <laughs> love bishop briggs so i i I love bishop briggs but yeah Yeah. everyone's heard river even if you don't know that you've heard it once you hear it start you're like ah you know seriously when you hear like the first beat right like you're like oh oh that's all yeah yeah i've heard this song uh workout song which is like the best workout song uh right now big sean why would i stop literally the best song to work out to right now because it's just him just rapping as good as i've ever heard big sean rapping and why would i stop it's the first song on his album and it just hit me this week i just really love that song so if you're looking for a song to work out to it's why would i stop big sean nice well i i listen to the sounds of brunch playlist uh multiple times a week while i'm working out so i'll put that one to the test <laughs> i like it Um, all right. Lastly, for me, I just wanted to say that Dan, I think it was you that put Bastille's new track on the playlist last week, surviving. Love that song. Very, very good. Um, and, uh, this week's retro replacement, I'm, you know, I, I be honest with you guys. I felt a little bad about just giving away Drake's song last week to Justin Bieber. (laughs) Um, if you if you made it this far and you don't know what I'm talking about, go on our social media accounts because Dan cut an amazing video <laughs> of of what I'm talking about. But I feel bad, Drake. Um, so I'm putting you on as the retro replacement. We're gonna go forever, Drake, with his his good friends Kanye, Eminem, Little Wayne. We're gonna throw that on the playlist this week. I like it. Excellent, excellent. I like that a lot. 
good uh, good shout out back to Drake, our boy Drake there, friend of the program. Uh, my last one is going to be from a Norwegian pop punks, pop punks, easy for me to say, and it's not even right, a Norwegian pop singer um, who goes by the name of Dagny. Now, Dee Dee, that's going to ring a bell to you. Uh, her long, long awaited album called Strangers Lovers finally came out this past week. A lot of great songs on this. Uh, Moment is really, really good. Uh, it's Only a Heartbreak is also really, really good. She's kind of a, got a new age electro uh, sound with electro beats to it. I really, really dig her sound, and we haven't gotten a lot of it. Like I said, this is great to finally have an album from her. Uh, Didi and I discovered her at a school night in yeah. Los Angeles. Didi, that was September 2016. Jesus. That we saw Dagny at school night. I cannot believe that that was over four years ago now. And we, I've only been to a handful of those. Didi, you go to a lot of those. There are just certain artists that have stuck out very, very clearly when we go to a night like that. And I would love to be in LA for that night alone, just to be able to go to school night on Mondays. I miss it so, so freaking much. But Dagny... She's incredible. Um, going to put a couple of those songs from her on the playlist this week. And it's funny you mentioned school night. They're still doing virtual. They do virtual school nights on Monday. So really? like on Mondays. Yeah. So it's basically the same. You know, it's the same thing. And if you are into the virtual concerts, which they're, you know, it's kind of it's just weird to do, I guess, a little bit. But they're still doing them with, you know, up and coming artists and stuff like that. So, I love that. I got to check that you out. Know, check it out. It's a school night. Um, last one is... Sean Mendez, wonder. Sean Mendez, over the last couple years, has put out some of my favorite music. And he's got new album rollout about to come out in December. Just put out his first single. It is a song called Wonder, and I think it is as good of as good of a song that's out right now. I just think it's super good. There is so much like orchestration in it that sounds so good, and he sounds perfect on it. And I just freaking love it man it is such a good song and it just makes you i love songs that are like like anthems right now because it makes me think of going to a concert you know mm-hmm. and this is a song that is supposed this is a stadium song like and he this the chorus when you hear it you're just gonna be like screaming that you know song so wonder sean mendez that's my last pick on the like playlist it. this week good pick really and good that's pick. what we're listening to chris do you have any other thoughts about the songs on the playlist last week uh, I don't think so. Really, I just dove straight into Machine Gun Kelly. That was uh, <laughs> Vin Diesel. Nothing. No oh, Vin Diesel. Are you guys trying to bait me into Vin Diesel? Like, I hate that I don't absolutely hate it. Shouts exactly. to Vin. I, I, uh... Shouts to the homie. Then, like, I, at the he- same time, I also hear how Dan said he sounds like like someone from a foreign country trying to sing in English. Yeah, Swedish EDM soup like singer. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's weird, but it's like okay. <laughs> and I like it, but I I feel uncomfortable about it. I don't know. You love it. Keep it on the playlist. Just keep it on there. <laughs> yeah. Just keep it on there until we get sick of it. It yeah. just needs it needs all of it. <laughs> well, guys, this has been another brunch breakdown. Very brunchy. I like Very brunchy. Very a lot brunch. of brunch. A lot of brunch this week. We we crammed yes. in a lot. We went a little over yes. than we usually do, but <laughs> it's all worth it. Yes, Joey Chestnut sure. can do it. We can do it. You're right. 
Shouts to uh, my and shouts to my mother-in-law for being here because otherwise Siobhan would have been here and handed the baby off to me already. So <laughs> big shouts to my mother-in-law for being in town so I could do this. Um, <laughs> well, Dan, Chris, tell everybody where they can find the well, brunch Well, uh, speaking of the Sounds of Brunch playlist, you can find that on uh, Spotify. We release that link every week. So give that a follow and then all of those songs are going to be right there for you. You don't have to go digging for them. Uh, and of course, you can find the podcast or available anywhere that you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all the good ones. And of course, the full video episodes available on our YouTube and Facebook pages uh, every Wednesday as well. Uh, Don't forget to follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Brunch Breakdown. Beautiful. Well, boys, this has been fun. We'll see you next time at the table. Peace. Peace.